It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Welcome to the MLB Daily Podcast. I'm Brandon Karam, alongside Belly Up Sports, Boston Red Sox beat writer L.J. LaFiora. We are a part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network. L.J., it is Sunday, May 30th, Sunday night, May 30th. Tomorrow is Memorial Day. Uh, L.J., how are we doing? We are doing pretty good. We are very excited for the day we've been waiting for Memorial Day, one of the biggest markers in the baseball season. The March to Memorial Day is almost over. It is officially Memorial Day Eve. Yes. And, you know, we've been uh, trying to figure out, you know, how, how the teams are going to line up as we approach Memorial Day uh, because now we're about what, like teams are 55 to 60 games in the year now. So we have a pretty good sample size as to, you know, how these teams have fared so far, you know, and I don't, LJ, I think that this is the official point of the year where you can't say it's early anymore. It's we're past early. No, this is a sample size. Your team is largely what it is. There are very few instances where you are, going to have a completely different like level of competition come September and still have a chance at the postseason. Well, the one that I think of is Washington in 2019. Yes, that's the only exception I can think of. And and I talked about it on, on yesterday's pod, but like 
that's really the only team that we've seen make a complete turnaround. Like, I don't even think they were above 500 at this point in the year in 2019. They weren't, but yeah, I mean, I just, I don't see things. Uh, if you're not, if you are not ahead of the game at Memorial Day, then you would need to take a complete turnaround, which is almost always unheard of in this game to be successful. Well, uh, let's get on with the game recaps. Uh, We're going to start off with the Yankees and Tigers. I have a lot of thoughts on the Yankees after this dreadful weekend, but let's get into the game. So bottom one, the Tigers get two runs off a Nomar Mazzara double with two outs, rips a line drive down the line. Uh, So that scores two. Bottom three, the Tigers get four runs. Uh, there was a fielding error by by a Glaber Torres, one of the two fielding errors that he made in that inning. Um, that scored the third run of the game. And then Willie Castro with a bases-clearing double. You know, I love when the number nine hitter on the Tigers has a three-run double. Uh, certainly one of the 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 best things that I saw today uh yeah six nothing Tigers after that after the third scoreless until top eight when Glaber Torres and uh, Gary Sanchez both get RBI singles but that's besides the point the Tigers win six to two uh Tariq Skubal gets the win his second win on the year literally his first good start of the entire season Six innings, three hits, no runs, eight strikeouts. Uh, his strikeout prop for Las Vegas was like five. Just absolutely shatters it with, with eight. Uh, Michael King gets the loss. Now, the, the way the Yankees uh, managed the, their, their roster this weekend, we clearly didn't, didn't put 100% effort into this. Now, LJ, basically... We call up uh, who pitched yesterday, a Davy Garcia, to pitch yeah. yesterday. Okay, because Kluber <laughs> is now out, and uh, you didn't hear it from me, but he's not. Pro- he's probably not coming back for the year. Two months is a very uh, weird timetable for what yeah, is actually happening. It's the shoulder. It's not good. But we call up Davy Garcia to pitch yesterday, immediately sent him down today. We call up Michael King, Nestor Cortez, and Nick Nelson. Those three Nestor Cortez is pretty nasty. Nestor Cortez is nasty. He was one of he's he's been one of my favorite Yankees for a while. And the fact that we called him up today was awesome. But we call those three guys up and I guarantee you tomorrow we're gonna immediately send them back down. We literally are just like churning out these end of the end of the bullpen spots. We call up Albert Abreu yesterday as well. He pitches three and two thirds out of the bullpen. The Yankees have done that same thing with him like three times this year where they call him up, have him pitch and then just send him back down the next day because, oh, he threw 40 pitches or whatever. But the big problem here, LJ, Yankees score five runs across the three games in this series. Now, LJ, I'm about to give you a stat, and this is... I think I know the one you're about to tell me, but go ahead. The Yankees this year 
are the only team in the league to have not won a game where the other team scores five runs or more. Oh. How is that possible? So you're telling me Baltimore, Arizona, uh, Colorado, Texas, Pittsburgh, all these teams have won a game where the other team scores five runs or more. And the Yankees, this this offense is so, so hard to watch, LJ. It is so bad. But well, I'm, what's I'm telling, gonna jump in here and then because I got some more thoughts. Yeah, what's telling to me about um what you just said there is the fact that the way that sounds and the way you think of this Yankees team, you would think that every single bullpen then in the league is a top five bullpen in the league. Like they're like everybody is a top five talented bullpen. There there are plenty of bullpens in this game that can blow a five-run lead. It doesn't even have to be a five-run lead. The other thing, too, yeah. is you could start up for nothing and blow the lead. But hypothetically speaking, if you're down and they've scored more than five runs, there's plenty of bullpens in this league that will be able to give up five runs over the course of three or four innings. The fact that they haven't been able to get them to do that yet speaks volumes about the A's offense. Um, the stat I was going to bring up was the fact that it took until two outs in the ninth today for the Yankees to have a hit with a runner in scoring position in the series. Yeah, you know, I was I, I was saving that one for my next oh. part, but what were what was one for twenty two up and or one for twenty two or one for twenty three this series with with runners in scoring position? I mean, ridiculous numbers like that is. Not to mention, LJ, we walk quite a bit. Like, the Yankees do draw walks, okay? Five walks today. But when you hit almost more ground balls than any team in the league, you're the slowest team in the league. No wonder why we lead the league in a double plays. Like, you would think, I just don't know. We're supposed to be a team built for the home run. We've hit nine in the last two weeks. Nine in two weeks. Some some teams are doing that in the series. I mean, LJ, but this next series for the this and this week for the Yankees, Tampa Bay, we play starting on Monday, who have been scorching red hot. Um, Brandon, I'm going to stop you real quick before you get too far into that section because I think there's a couple other things that were okay, yeah. kind of underselling about this last series. First off, it was the Tigers. Let's remind us ourselves that they just got swept by the Tigers. Yeah. yeah. Which is no bueno. They also tried to cheat in two different instances and still lost to the Tigers, one of which successfully. When Gio you have, drew a three-ball walk. The three-ball walk by Urshela, and then Gary Sanchez trying to walk off the field after two outs. <laughs> that they was... did everything they could to try to cheat and win that game and just couldn't do it. Well, speaking of, like, kind of walking off the field with two outs, LJ, there was a play today where there was two strikes, and Michael King basically threw a pitch right down the middle, at least it looked like it. Both King, Gary, the Tigers hitter, all started to walk back to their respective dugouts. Yes, took the scoreboard off the screen, oh, no. 
and then the ump called it a ball. And oh. everyone's like, just even the Tigers hitter was like, oh, <laughs> like he, so, was so, he was rung up. But somebody as, wanted more airtime. As for this week, uh, it's Tampa that the Yankees play starting on Monday. And then uh, the weekend series against Boston, the first series versus the Red Sox this year. LJ and I will be at the game Sunday night on Sunday night baseball. Uh, sitting in the outfield, we will be in left field, uh, first deck. So we are in home run territory. But LJ, this is a make or break. Will week. one get hit there? Probably not. But not it, by the it's a make or break week for the the Yankees because th- this is two series that realistically, if they aren't taking two games from Tampa Bay and two from Boston, I'm considering it a failure. I don't know about you, but. With the um, way that we're looking, we we need this week. Yeah, I mean, well, I would say, yeah, if you were able to win, I'm not saying I'm not expecting a sweep in either of those for the I would never say there would be a sweep for either of them. However, if you could win both of them or one of them, I would say that you're still in a fine position. However, I have nothing that makes me confident that there will be that they will win one. Or both of them. I don't see anything that's giving me a recommendation that they'll be in a fine position. I'm telling you right now, Brandon, if you guys take one from Tampa, it will not be a pretty game by any means. This Tampa team is blazing hot. I don't see them slowing down for the Yankees. I don't see what the Yankees exactly have to slow them down. When's Cole pitching again? So it's Tyone, Domingo, Montgomery and then Cole, so maybe Cole Thursday. But no, that would that yeah, because he pitched. Well, he pitched Friday, so Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. All right, so maybe Wednesday, and then he could. Would he be able to pitch Sunday night if he pitches Wednesday? One, one, two, three, four. Probably not. It's four days rest. Four full days. Four days rest. However, I hardly think at this point in the series you want to move. Move him up just for a Red Sox game. I mean, these are must-win games here. They they are. The, and the the seven games between now and next and next week when we're talking at this time are so pivotal for the Yankees. Yeah, Brandon. Honestly, like I'm not doubting the Red Sox here. However. I am being honest with the fact that the uh, the Rays are a much bigger problem for the Yankees this week. Having those four games right now, coming right off that sweep, having Tampa have won, what is it now, 16 of their last 17? Uh, I, 15 I'm, of their last 16? They've won 16 of their last 20, definitely. But I don't know if they've won six. It might be like they've, they've won four left. straight. It's just a matter of if they've won. Did they win eleven or twelve before it got broken? MLB best record last eighteen games. The Rays are fifteen and three in their last eighteen. Okay, so that means that they're fifteen and fifteen and two in yeah, their so last they've, seventeen. They've won fifteen out of their last sixteen. Yes. That's crazy numbers. Insane. So 
I don't see anything that the Yankees have going right now that's going to significantly slow down the role they've got, they're going on, especially with a team built around pitching. Are, are you going to – in New York, are you going to steal at least one from the Red Sox? Yes, regardless of how you're playing. However, that's still not going to put you in a good situation. It's still going to put you at least at minimum probably five games back from where you are right now. That would put you nine and a half games back of first. Yeah. Um, that's that's no bueno. No. No, it's not. So I mean, you know, I heard I've heard it a couple of times today. I, I would I would be shocked if they were in a legitimate spot here. I would be shocked if they were in third come the end of the week with the way they're they're playing right now. I mean it it's tough. Because the way the with the, the offense is, you know, Mike Ford at first base, which is unbelievably a bad front office move. When we have a dude in AAA, Chris Gittins, right now, with a one dot OPS so far this year, and we're not even calling him up when Mike Ford is statistically one of the worst hitters in the league. Center field, we had Tyler Wade play there today. Never played a game of center field in his life. Like, we are so strapped defensively right now. Miguel Andujar makes the spot start at first base today. A trade is going to get made, whether it's for a center fielder. I heard some Delino DeShields rumors, and he's not the greatest player, honestly. That's not who I want in center field. You can't celebrate that. And then at first base, I mean, you know, when we had that series against the Rangers, a lot of Yankee fans were like, we should try to trade for Joey Gallo, which I'm not saying I'd be opposed also, to, no. but all but just that's just another bat that is the exact same thing as Judge and Stanton. A lot of walks, a lot of strikeouts, and a lot of home runs. Like do we I would really like to, want I would that? like to also point attention to the fact that your best a best left-handed hitter on this team is Brett Gardner. Who's are we like still going to keep? Are we still going to keep ignoring the lack of lefties on this team? Because I'm kind of getting sick of it. Well, we had Mike Talkman, but then we traded him away for a lefty reliever. Um, Talkman robbed uh, Albert Pujols of a walk-off home run like two days ago. But yeah, uh, I'm going to talk more about the Yankees in that segment we're doing at the end of the show for what do we want under the tree because it is memorial day eve uh but i'll move on to the next recap lj do you have any last comments no i'm also i think this did break the um single team rant record we're at 14 minutes oh not terrible all right uh not terrible on to the angels and the a's Los Angeles scores four runs in the second inning. They get a Jared Walsh homer and a David Fletcher double. Oakland's only able to score two runs. The Angels win 4-2. Jose Suarez gets the W. Three innings, no hits, no runs, and four Ks in relief of Jose Quintana. The loss to Cole Irvin, now 3-7 and seven on the year. Six innings, six hits, four runs. Rysel Iglesias with his ninth save of the season. All right, next up we got the Giants and the Dodgers, YouTube's free game of the day. 
The Giants started off blazing hot in this one. They score three in the first and five runs through the first four innings, including an Austin Slater solo home run. They hold on to win this past two-run home runs by Max Muncy and Albert Pujols with a final score of five to four Giants. Give the win to Kevin Gosman. He went six innings, allowing no earned runs and seven strikeouts. The loss will be given to Clayton Kershaw, who went six innings, allowing five earned runs and six strikeouts. Give that save to Jake McGee, his 12th on the year. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a all right on to the phillies and the rays kind of a spoiler alert as we just talked about tampa bay but uh tampa bay gets on the board bottom two mike zanino with his 12th homer on the season uh to put tampa up to nothing bottom five brett phillips homer g-man Choi double to make it four nothing tampa and then a Philly is able to get two runs on the board in the sixth. JT Real Muto sack fly. Brad Miller ground rule double. But then the no batting gloves man himself, Joey Wendell, steps up for Tampa. Two run single. 6 2 would be the score. And that's your final. Tampa walks away with a win to stay blazing hot. Josh Fleming gets the win. Four and two thirds, four hits two runs and five Ks. Zach Eflin takes the loss. <laughs> he also goes four and two thirds, six hits, four runs and five Ks. Uh, yeah. However you want to put it, Tampa's won 15 of their last 16 uh, and 16 of their last 20. All right. Next we've got the Brewers and the Nationals, probably the best game of the day purely because of this pitching matchup between Brandon Woodruff and Max Scherzer. Uh, Max Scherzer does give up a two-run home run to Avisal Garcia. A ball went out straight to center field to make it 2 nothing Milwaukee in the top of the first. But from there, he's lights out. But the bullpen would give up one more run on a Omar Navarez home run in the ninth. And the Nationals fall to the Brewers 3 nothing. Give the win to Brandon Woodruff. He went seven innings, no earned runs, and 10 strikeouts. The loss will go to Max Scherzer. He went six innings, lying two earned runs and 10 strikeouts, certainly the bad beat of the day. And the save to Josh Hader. He gets his 12th save recorded this season. All right. Uh, the Blue Jays and the Indians played a doubleheader today. Uh in game one, Toronto scored three runs across the third and fourth in innings. They got two home runs from Teoscar Hernandez and Rowdy Telez. So three nothing, Toronto after four. Bottom five, Josh Naylor with a home run for Cleveland to make it 3-1. But then Blatty Jr., top seven, drives home a sack fly. 4-1 Toronto. Uh, would be the final in this one. 
Ross Stripling with the win. Now one and three on the year's first win this year. Five innings, two hits, one run, three Ks. Aaron Savalli takes the loss. Now seven and two, six innings, ten hits, four runs. And Jordan Romano gets his third save on the year. Game two was a very exciting game. Uh, Toronto scores four in the top of the third, thanks to a Teoscar Hernandez double and Randall Grichik double. It would be scoreless until the bottom of the sixth, where Cleveland puts up six of their own. Uh, they get a double from Rene Rivera, singles from Ahmed Rosario and Jose Ramirez, and then they get a run out of a double play grounded into by Harold Ramirez. So we're tied at four going into the seventh. Top seven, Marcus Simeon uh, with an RBI single to make it 5-4 Toronto. Can they close it out and sweep the double header? No. Uh, Cleveland bottom seven. They get an Ahmed Rosario bases loaded walk to tie the game. Then a Jose Ramirez walk-off sacrifice fly uh the blown save to tyler chatwood here uh so the win to emmanuel classe who does allow that run top seven but ends up getting the win so uh he was lucky in this one tyler chatwood with the loss lj how about this line for him oh and two now on the year one and a third two runs five walks wasn't he involved in that other atrocious game um, against Tampa as well, where they started did, walking everybody did, around? Did, did he have a really bad outing too? I feel like he was one of the outings that blew that game. I I, I have no definitive on that. Tyler Chatwood, and he completely blew a Stephen Matt start in this one. Five innings, four hits, two earned runs. That was very good. LJ, I just looked up Tyler Chatwood's baseball savant page. There's a lot of red on here. So, yeah, a lot of red. Uh, let's see here. Turn... He had, oh, he had he four, walks a yeah, lot he had, of batters. Wow. He had two walks and four earned runs in that um, May 23rd game against Tampa. Wow. That's, oh. That's tough. 12, uh, 12, that's no, that's no bueno. I mean, 12.12 12 expected, expected and regular FIP. I mean, no, that's not, that's not somebody you're trusting here. This is now, what is it now? So that's, did you say five walks today? Five walks today. So that's nine walks in his last three outings. Yeah. And he's in the 20th percentile oh. of walk percentage, but Top 10% in expected ERA, expected batting average, K percent, expected slugging, all that jazz. So. It doesn't matter. I mean, at this point in time, he's not, it's not like he's your closer and you have to kind of ride him out to see if he's going to get out of it. You can't put him in a game after the, the seventh inning or later. Not if it's close. Maybe even not if it isn't close. After, the, after that Tampa game, even if it isn't close, you don't put him in. Toronto's like bullpen usage is really weird though because them not having Kirby Yates just completely screwed everything up on that end. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm gonna be honest. I don't even realize. No, think I know who is closing for them right now. I mean, it's a mix of Jordan Romano, Tyler Chatwood, Rafael Dolis, Anthony Castro. Those four really. Um, this is just. 
We should do anytime, another closing situation any, uh, segment. Yeah, anytime somebody is in the closer competition that was a Rule 5 retention from two years ago is not a good sign. <laughs> yeah. And Jordan Romano, that's, not, that's, that's just not good. All right, next up we have the Pirates and the Rockies. We're going to jump in here, bottom of the fourth. The game is tied one-to-one. And Kai Tom singles on a ground ball and drives in one before Adam Frazier can ground out and drive in one more in that inning, putting Pittsburgh up three to one. But in the top of the eighth, they, the Colorado Rockies score one on a walk. And then in the top of the ninth, Charlie Blackman doubles to drive in the tying run, and Matt Adams wins it on a single. The final here will be Colorado defeating Pittsburgh four to three. Give the win to Daniel Bard, their closer. Kyle Freeland went four innings along three earned runs. And the loss will go to Richard Rodriguez with Chase DeYoung going five innings along one earned run and five strikeouts for Pittsburgh here. All right, on to the Orioles and White Sox. Top three, DJ Stewart goes yard for Baltimore to give them a one nothing lead. But then bottom of that inning, Billy Hamilton homers for the second day in a row. I mean, I... Bingo, am, bango, Yahtzee watch for Billy Hamilton here. So he was supposed is, to be speed. Yeah. He is I speed. I can't believe that he's hit home runs two days in a row. I want to check real quick here how many home runs he hits on average per year. All right. He hits like four a year. So, so he's already halfway there. That's not, that's not a bad spot to be right now. No, so but that his home run ties the game at one after three. Score would remain tied till the bottom of the seventh. Nick Madrigal RBI triple to score a run, and then Yoan Mancada RBI single to make it three-one, and that would be your final score. Lucas Giolito, awesome start for the White Sox in this one. Seven innings, three hits, one earned in twelve Ks. Dylan Tate takes the loss for Baltimore, one inning and two runs. And it was Keegan Aiken who got the start for, or for, for Baltimore, four and two-thirds, five hits, one run. Liam Hendricks with his 13th save of the season. I was today years old when I realized that Billy Hamilton played for the Mets last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was... I, I I don't I don't I mean I know he didn't start obviously with only 25 plate appearances but a .045 batting average I didn't think that was like possible over any like normal stretch of time like even if I you're not I'm, getting what minus 63 OPS plus I think yeah exactly it's like well first off the guy yeah he walked what do you walk walked once maybe <laughs> twice stole three bases. Only getting on base twice on his own. Um, yeah, no, that's that's atrocious because I mean Brandon, think about it. Even like a cold streak is usually gonna end, even if you get like sat for like two weeks straight. You're you're gonna have that end sooner or later. You're just gonna get that hit next time. You're bound to get a hit the next time you get in the game if you wait a certain amount of time. This guy played in 17 games that year, 20 got 25 at bats, 
you'd think a couple would have fallen in based on the time. Like it wasn't like he couldn't, he couldn't just be cold. For those of you who do not, not know, if Lightning McQueen was a person, it would be Billy Hamilton. The dude is just speed. He is speed. Yes, absolutely. Okay. We got Reds Cubs coming up at you next here. But as always, don't forget to play our trivia game. We are going to do a special double question day today with it being Memorial Day and all. A Mm. big day, a big holiday. So we're going to do two questions here. And of course, get as many points as you can the higher up you're in the leaderboard when it comes to the end of the season will pay out some pretty good good prizes brandon i believe we were talking about possibly adding second and third place prizes sooner rather than later so stick out for that really just keep trying you can't you can't you can't win if you don't play and there's plenty of people who really seem to know what they're doing with this stuff that you can just copy half the time and do pretty well yeah uh all right, but Cincinnati and Chicago, uh, Cincinnati scores five runs in the first four innings, including a home run by Eugenio Suarez. Chris Bryant adds in, drives in one run in the bottom of the eighth for Chicago, but they ultimately fall five to one to Cincinnati. Give the win to Tyler Molly. He went five innings, allowing no earned runs and eight strikeouts. The loss will go to Jake Arietta. He went three and two thirds, allowing two earned runs. And the save goes to TJ and Tony. Hey, Tony. Hey. All right. On to the Royals and the Twins. Uh, these teams exchanged runs in the first and second innings. Andrew Benintendi, RBI single. Trevor Larnick, bases loaded walk. Uh, and then a Ben Rortvet home run for Minnesota gave them a two to one lead after two. Uh, the Royals score uh, four runs in the top of the fifth inning. They get hits from Whit Merrifield and Salvador Perez, along with an Andrew Benintendi sack fly. Uh, so it's five two, uh, heading to the bottom of the fifth where. Miguel Sano gets the the Twins another run by hitting into a double play. 5-3 Kansas City at that point. Hunter Dozier goes deep top nine to put the cherry on top. And the Royals win 6-3. Give the win to Brad Keller. Now 5-4 on the year. Five innings, five hits, three runs, and six strikeouts. Matt Shoemaker takes the loss now 2-6. Four and a third, six hits, and five runs. Greg Holland with his third save of the season. All right, next up we've got the Diamondbacks and the Cardinals here. The Cardinals got a solo home run from Dylan Carlson in the first, and then a double by Andrew Kinsner in the second, drove in another, making this 2 nothing. But from there, it was all Arizona as they score nine unanswered runs. Catel Marquette added a solo home run, his third on the year. He drove in three runs in this game, and the Diamondbacks win this one, nine to two. Give the win to Matt Peacock. He went six innings, allowing two earned runs and six strikeouts. The loss will go to Kwang Hyung Kim. He 
He went five innings, allowing four earned runs. And this three-inning save will be given to Riley Smith. Uh, LJ, I talked a bit about the Diamondbacks on the show yesterday. Uh, what was your thoughts on that stretch that they had? Uh, I saw that on the at home, or they're like three and twenty-two at home, which is not a good way to you know show your home, show you the fans. Or actually, it might not be that. It might be when they play teams above five hundred, they're three and twenty-two. Mm. which seems like a lot of games to have. Hold on, let me find the exact stats. Something crazy. Either um, way, it's not good. This whole this whole stretch, you know. Yeah, 3 and 18 really, against teams that are that are better than 500. It this is just a an overboard reaction to what we already knew about teams like them, what we've known about teams like Colorado less so. They've at least consistently hung around just under 500 the entire year. But also Baltimore, after starting a little hot, has fallen off the map with 13 straight. They've dropped. We knew these teams would be bad. I didn't think that. I thought somebody something would have risen for Arizona that would make this team tolerable storyline-wise. But they're out of this. They aren't looking like they want to be back in this anytime soon, and I could care less. Yeah, so... Colorado, you know, I thought that they were actually hanging in there. They're only one game better than the Diamondbacks right now. Colorado yeah. sets up 14 games under 500. They have fallen off very quickly as well. Uh, but let's do the last two recaps, the Padres and the Astros first. Uh, Houston jumps all over Blake Snell in the first three innings, scoring seven runs. Uh, they get... Uh, Kyle Tucker, three-run home run. Aledmis Diaz, RBI double. Taylor Jones, RBI single. And it's 7-0 Houston after three innings. Webster Rivas uh, with a home run for the Padres uh, to put them on the board. Uh, 7-1, top five. And then they get two more homers in the top of the ninth. uh, But it is... It does not matter in this game. Houston with that big early lead, uh, they win 7-4. Those two late homers coming from Will Myers and Haseon Kim. So you can give the win to Zach Granke, who was dominant in this one. Uh, now 5-2 and two on the year, eight innings, six hits, one run, and four Ks. LJ, so I find it weird that Houston pitches Zach Granke eight innings here, 104 pitches. They bring in this guy, Andre Scrub, for the ninth. He allows three three runs and uh, two home runs. Why not just have Granky go out there and finish it off? You know, I mean, it's not like the Astros have done this with other guys. Granky himself is in a spot himself here where at his point in his career being – being who he is, I don't think you want to take too many um, chances bringing him too long into a game. The other thing is he's pretty much all they've got in terms of superstar pitching talent right now that's going. So you kind of need him to be around and to be healthy if they want to keep competing for their division and for the playoffs. So it's better to play things safe with him, even though it might not always seem fair. 
Yeah. Uh, that's certainly... Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more makes sense but the loss goes to Blake Snell now one and two on the year he's not had a lot of decisions I mean and LJ Blake Snell here really kind of struggling ERA now at 5.55 after today's outing three innings five hits seven runs uh Joe Musgrove comes in and pitches the last five innings in relief LJ, his line, Joe Musgrove, five innings, no hits, no runs, no walks, and three strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, that that's never a good sign, though, when you have to take the next guy in the rotation and start him and bring him in in relief because the last guy has done so poorly and you've struggled in other areas of bullpen health in the last couple of days. Like, that's just not – that's not a good place to be in when you have to bring in – uh, one of your top starters as a reliever this early in the year. No, and it's not a good look for Snell that that Musgrove uh, only allows one batter in those five innings to reach, uh, and on a hit, it's on a hit by pitch, so rough. Last game, the Mariners and the Rangers. Uh, it was Seattle scoring three runs in the first three innings, thanks to a Ty France RBI double and a. He also had an RBI single, so three RBIs for him early. Uh, Kyle Lewis, or excuse me, Kyle Seeger, home run uh, to put Seattle up 4 nothing. Joey Gallo, two-run homer in the seventh to make it 4-2. to two, uh, Puts the Rangers on the board, but they're unable to come back. Seattle holds on to win by that score. Uh, give the win to Yusei Kikuchi. Now three and three on the year, six and two thirds, three hits, two runs, and five Ks. Hyun Jung Yang takes the loss for Texas. Three innings, five hits, two runs, and two Ks. Kenyon Middleton with his fourth save on the season. All right, Brent, I believe it's time for the PPP, particular players people may care about. It looks like you have two, I have three. So why don't you go ahead and take yours now and we'll. Sure. Uh, first one I want to talk about is Marcus Semien. Uh, four for six in that doubleheader that Toronto played today. Uh, and entering this, uh, the, the doubleheader today, he had a 144 OPS plus or a 915 OPS on the season. Along being in the top 10% outs above average, you know, LJ, this was a guy who certainly got a very expensive one-year contract at $18 million, but uh, this is this was a kind of 
low-risk, high-reward signing for Toronto as this guy is kind of returning to what we saw him do in 2019, and that was almost win the AL MVP award. Yeah, this guy has been insane this month, and he is reminding us that, like, yeah, he is capable of that. The 60-game year should not be a rule for everybody. Like, what they did in 60 games shouldn't be the necessary rule for what everyone has been able to do. I think he is doing incredibly well this past month, this past week. Really, this year has been a very solid start for Marcus Simeon, and he deserves what the respect that comes with his performance so far. Certainly one of, I'd say, a handful of Toronto Blue Jays players that I expect to be in Colorado at the All-Star game. Yes. All right. Um, my next guy is Lucas Giolito. Uh, had 12 strikeouts today and uh it's just you know the with how strong this this pitching staff has been on the White Sox Giolito has me he wasn't even really a big part of the success they've had this year I mean we've seen guys like Lance Lynn who's been pitching at a Cy Young level uh Carlos Rodon throws a no hitter and is also been excellent this year. Dylan Cease has been really good. And Giolito, I mean, this is a guy who I picked to win the American League Cy Young. He is a really nasty pitcher. And, you know, he had a couple rough starts. He certainly had that really rough start against Boston this year. But other than that, yes, I mean, did. he has bounced back and oh, yeah, has looked really good. Uh, and just I'm very scared of what the White Sox could do in the postseason with all of this pitching that they've had this year. I mean, this is insane, the amount of starting pitching that they're getting. Yeah, I, I heard it said somewhere, I can't remember where, the White Sox look postseason ready and we're not out of May yet. And they hate their manager. Like, that that's absolutely crazy to think about. I I hope that they can hold on to it because I think they'd be a very entertaining team in the postseason but sometimes early success can be too good a thing. Yeah. And they've had a lot of success to start their year. Also, they're only they're below 500 against 500 teams. Yeah, they've played kind of an easy schedule. Um, yeah, and I had noticed that before now. The, um, the AL Central is not strong. No, it's not, but you can't blame them for that. All right, my first two are pretty simple here. Brandon Woodruff is very good at baseball. If you didn't know that, Brandon. LJ, you know, I think me picking him to win NL Cy Young might start to created him to be better. No, it might start to come to fruition here. What, he had seven scoreless again today? Seven scoreless, 10 strikeouts. Beat out a very good Max Scherzer start. I mean, this guy is nasty. He is. And again, you've got something good building in this pitching staff here, but what, what, what what's going on in the lineup, I don't understand in Milwaukee. You have the best defensive team in the league. Okay, that's great. Put some runs on the board and you'll be a contender with this with the pitching group that they've got going. They're only if they were able to get the lineup in check, the pitching staff is only a couple of back-end starters away from being yeah. 
like a World Series contender caliber pitching staff. Oh, absolutely. I mean, they have the best two. They have the best one-two punch in the league. Some might say right now, one of the best one-two punches in the league. I, I, I again, I say I think um, if you look at top three overall in the pitching staff department, they rival everybody. Like I, I, I'm trying to think of somebody I will I like better. I think maybe a case can be made for the Giants. Maybe a case can be made for the Dodgers, but I'd have to think really hard on it too. That's the thing. Yeah, I think that. Uh, like Josh Hader is an impact player. Yeah, a major impact player. Freddie Peralta has also been hmm. sneakily, sneakily very, very good this year, and yeah. he's their like number four starter. My next one is Riley Smith gets that three out save. I just wanted to put him in here because I doubt we're going to get to say, say his name again. And good job, guy. Uh, you know, LJ, this reminds me in 2019, I went to a Yankees game where Chance Adams recorded a three inning save and Gary Sanchez hit his only career triple and it was off of Diego Castillo. You will never see that again. It was something that I am going to brag to everyone about because it's going to be his only career triple. Oh, yeah, there's no shot on it. No doubt in my mind, he will not get there again. This guy having a very down year after a solid um, limited time, granted, in the 60-game season looked decent here. Um, Brandon, if I'm reading this correctly, he's got 18 innings in 2020, three earned runs. Compared to this year, 36 innings, 24 earned runs. Mm. So this has been a very up and down year for this long reliever. But good job today. Props to you. My last guy here, Albert Pujols. Not only does he hit another dinger here today, not only does he prove to the Angels once again that he is not washed, but he passes Babe Ruth on the all-time extra base hits list today. Yes, uh really impressive considering the amount of dominance that that Babe Ruth had I mean that's I mean Albert is could be up there as one of the best right-handed hitters ever some say he is the best right-handed hitter ever uh but yeah he's he's awesome yeah all right it's time for leaderboards that's all I have yeah all right let's do the leaderboards uh War for hitters, Vladdy Jr. in first with 3.1, Nick Castellanos in second with 2.9, Max Muncy behind them at 2.8, Marcus Simeon at 2.7. Uh, in terms of the pitchers, uh, it has been Garrett Cole in first at 3.0, Zach Wheeler in second at 2.5. And in third place, it is Brandon Woodruff, also, uh, or he's at 2.4. All right. Um, then for home runs, we have a two-way tie between Vladdy Jr. and Adonis Garcia at 16 apiece. Jose Abreu leads with 45 RBIs. Whit Merrifield has 15 stolen bases. Behind him, Fernando Tatis Jr., Trey Turner, each with 12. On base percentage, Max Muncy at 442. He's been killing it. And uh, Adam Frazier still leads with hits 
LJ, shall he get one hit tomorrow? He will be the first player at 69 hits on the year. Nice. Very nice. Um, pitching, Jacob deGrom, 0.8 ERA, was supposed to pitch tonight. Sunday night baseball gets rained out. We will, we will see him pitch tomorrow. Uh, hopefully he can get another win. Just love to see him dominate. And Mark Melanson with 17 saves on the year. All right, next up we have our player of the month predictions. We're going to start here, um, really not even predicting. We're going to go ahead and give out our own players of the month, two for the American League, two for the National League. Brandon, do you want to start with your American League, and I'll go to my National League, and then we'll flip? Sure. So in the American League, I am taking Adalis Garcia as Ooh. – my player of the month, uh, close second, honorable mention, whatever you want to call it, is is Marcus Simeon, who has had an incredible month both offensively and defensively. But the reason why I pick Adalis Garcia here, he's got 11 home runs this month, 27 RBIs, five stolen bases. Uh, this guy completely came out of nowhere and is now tied for the league lead in home runs. You know, LJ, you were talking about that contest uh, right at the start of the season that Jared Carabas was doing. Who's going to lead the league in home runs after 10 games? Well, I'm sure if we have, were posed the question after the first two months of the year, we wouldn't have picked this guy in a billion years. We wouldn't have even heard of this dude. I had never heard no. of this guy prior to this year so he's been killing it in may uh gotta go with him uh i should say what his slash line is actually 324 360 that's 657 slugging percentage good for a 181 weighted runs created for us yeah all right i'm gonna go ahead into my nl here and that is going to be kevin gosman this is mm. a guy who again was on the top of at the top of his game in April and then just went and turned it on and blew everybody out of the water in May. He went four and oh in five starts during the month. He pitched 31 innings for a 0.87 ERA and 1.41 FIP over that time. That was good enough for a four or a 4.1, 1.4 war for this month. Really a fantastic time. And in a hard month to be doing it, this guy, I believe, has made two starts against the Padres and two starts against the Dodgers in this stretch, or at least, or three of his, three of his five starts came in those. So like what, what better competition would you be asking for him to prove himself of? He is a top pitcher in this league right now. Um, Honorable mention would go to Zach Wheeler, who pitched 43 innings this month. Yeah. Uh, He's, he goes deep into games. Like, every game, it seems like he's mm. going at least seven. Like, I wouldn't mind seeing a guy give up three a game if I knew I was going to get seven right out of him. Oh, absolutely. Three three runs over seven innings is reasonably, like, your, your bullpen should not allow any runs, like, if you're getting seven runs or three over seven. Yeah. All right, Brandon, who's your NL? All right. My NL player of the month is, hold on, let me unhighlight it here, Max Muncy 
of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, he has been also raking this month, and he draws walks uh, at a higher rate than pretty much everyone in the league. Um, he leads the league in on-base percentage. Uh, he's at a 460 on-base percentage clip this month, 341 batting average, nine home runs, 17 RBIs, in uh, 100 plate appearances, and a 219 weighted runs created plus 1.9 war this month for him. Uh, clearly the best hitter to me in the NL right now. Maybe Nick Castellanos uh, is an honor, honorable mention. And uh, I was close to picking Zach, Zach Wheeler as well for this. But, yeah, Max Muncy. Yeah, honestly, I, I don't want to sound like a copycat here. However, we're going to flip on the AL for our – player of the month and honorable mention here because I'm going to go ahead and take Marcus Simeon. Marcus Simeon, have a day. First off, I refuse if it's a position player. I'm not giving it unless it's a DH. I, I will give I will give that pass to a, a regular DH. I'm not giving this award to anyone who has a minus defensive war. If you're causing runs on the defensive side, then I mean, you're not the full effect of a team, in my opinion. You're not the full-rounded baseball player. However, Marcus Simeon clearly is here. He's got 14.8 offensive war with a .5 defensive war for the month. Absolutely fantastic. And he's doing it with, you know, all-around solid normal numbers. Played 26 games this month. It's got to be all of them, right? Probably pretty close, yeah. Um, eight home runs, 21 RBIs. There's not much more you can ask for a guy in a month. Marcus Simeon, a gun, not one of one of the forgotten gems of the game right now. I think that's pretty fair to say. Um, so LJ, we we didn't really do this segment in April. We did like a entire players of the month thing where like we went through the whole thing, and I I still plan on us doing that this week. But would you like to? kind of off the cuff here, maybe give out the award for April. I think that, like, I would probably, like, off the top of my head, Trout, oh, the- Trout for the AL. Like, I think that's a unanimous pick. He hit, like, 430 in the yeah. month. And I'm, I'm saying that, I'm saying yes without any fight, like, without any more decision for me, just because Buxton didn't play enough games. Mm-hmm. And then for the National League, uh, you could go pitcher if you want to go Jacob DeGrom or Corbin Burns, but Burns does Corbin get Burns. hurt in there. Um, in terms of hitters for the National League, let's see. Fernando Tatis is basically going to be in the conversation for player of the month forever, I feel like. Ronald Acuna um, in April was outstanding. Yeah. Uh, you know, Chris Bryant, Bryce Harper, Justin Turner, they're like the next three in war. If you we want to say Acuna, I don't, I don't know. I would go Corbin Burns. I mean, I don't. I'm yeah. not. I'm not going to overcount the injury because the majority of the work towards that record-setting performance was all done there yeah. with very dominant starts. There was really only that one one that was kind of fine, but even even still, it was solid. So I'm going to go ahead and cast my vote there. All right. Yeah. Uh... I think that that works. We'll we'll go Trout and uh, 
Corbin Burns, and then we each had our own for May. So, LJ, let's get into this last segment, and then uh, we can get out of here. Yeah, um, so, of course, we know today is Memorial Day Eve, one of the biggest mile markers in the baseball season. So, we want to talk about what we might be expecting under the tree here on Memorial Day Eve, what things we could possibly be looking for. I have technically four. How many do you have that you're expecting? I I have a couple just off the top of my head. I didn't write anything down. I kind of wanted to see what you, how you approached it here. I'm going to, I'm going to clump a couple in here just because they're all very similar. And this is something that is probably decided that I'm not getting, but very, very well could be. And that is, on Memorial Day, I would like to wake, or not wake up, but go to bed with the Boston Red Sox, the Chicago Cubs, and the San Francisco Giants all of the, leading their respective divisions. Is that possible for the Red Sox? For the Red Sox, yes. They have the tiebreaker with Tampa. So, if again, I don't want to – I'm not rooting for the Yankees. That's the one that's a little weird because I'm not certainly not rooting for the Yankees. I'd rather have them kind of out of this race as soon as possible, but if the Yankees beat the Rays tomorrow and the Reds or Red Sox beat the Astros, they would take the top spot. Okay. And the Cubs are in the same situation. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cubs of St. Louis, Cubs win, St. Louis loses. They move into that spot. San Diego loses and San Francisco wins. They move into that top spot. And most of that's because those are wild things to have happen on Memorial Day, like wild places for this league to be right now. I mean, I, I had high ups for the Red Sox. I certainly didn't see them as a leading a, a team that was in contention to win the division. I thought Tampa might put together a, another great year. The Yankees would be up there. I didn't see the Yankees being what the Yankees have been at all. But I didn't necessarily think that they would be immediately a division contender, wild card contender, hundred percent. I was all in on that, but division, not so much. So, so to see them within a game, potentially leading the division on Memorial day is amazing. Chicago, we ripped Chicago so much during the off season and for the moves they made. We talked about this a couple of days ago. I know so I'm not going to get into too much detail here, but I would love to see them there just because it's so wild. We automatically assumed Milwaukee and St. Louis would be the only two in, in this thing at this point. And the Chicago here is half a game from leading this division, a game and a half out of the playoffs. That's only because the West is so good. Speaking of the West, we gave, we gave San Francisco, it was kind of like the good job. You tried um, participation ribbon. We were trying to give them in the, the, preseason because they made moves and upgraded their roster to compete i didn't think they'd actually compete they're here they've taken now two games from the dodgers i believe that makes them three three they 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 took all three. Oh my god did they really they've won they won three in a row now why don't i remember them beating the dodgers on friday night um so if i remember right no that was the 10 inning game um yeah. they scored three in the top of the 10th all oh, right. Okay, so they did. So they're 500 with the Dodgers and 500 with the Padres this year. Exactly what they needed to do 
in order to be in this competition for a wild card and be in and as well the division. So there is a real semi-realistic like this would be a pretty aggressive parlay to put Rays losing, Red Sox winning, Cubs winning, St. Louis losing, San Diego losing, San Francisco losing. However, it's not out of the realm possibilities. I would like to take it right now. I'll take it for tomorrow. We'll see. I'm hoping that I can get my my over here in this in this NBA game that's going on right now. But uh, that's we can talk about that another time. LJ, what do I want under the tree? I want the Yankees to not have the third worst offense in the American League. Right now, the Yankees have outscored the Baltimore Orioles by one run on the season. The Orioles are currently in the middle of a 13-game slide. Uh, I would love for the bats to heat up, not only for the Yankees, but across the league. LJ, this is currently the worst batting average in the history of Major League Baseball across an entire season. It's at 236. Worst ever. Highest strikeout rate ever. Let's wake up the bats a little bit here, guys. Also, the home runs are down significantly from last year. Like, you know how they just kept going up and up? Well, Mm -hmm. they were all of a sudden this year, everything offensively is just chosen to just plummet. So I want some more offense. Uh, I Look, I like good pitching, but clearly the pitching is good this year because the league has lost control over the ball. Your baseball. No, 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 don't, no, don't give me that because the pitching has been solid. Like if you look at the top of the pitching, if you look at the top of the pitching, the top of pitching has been very good for several years now. Like the top pitchers in yeah. the league, they deserve to be where no, they are. They right do, now. but all the other random guys throwing. No There's a lot of randos here that have been bailed out by the baseball so far that probably should pay for their mistakes. That's kind uh, of gonna. Are you done? Is, yeah. Do 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 you have any other ones that you? Yeah, I have, I have two more presents I'm looking for. Sure. Yeah. Go um, ahead. This is a very long shot for tomorrow. If I set it two days sooner, it wouldn't. However, I would like Oakland to not have a minus uh, negative run differential. <laughs> yeah. On Memorial <laughs> Day, this is a this is a division lead, leading team. This is a team that I would not mind seeing win a world series if if the red sox were out of this i would not mind at all seeing oakland win at all they're playing great they're winning games they've been winning games i keep in mind also i took them to win the west in the off season no, however you, oh wait yes yes you did yes, I took the Astros. Houston. that's right i took the astros don't you dare try to slither out of that one um but they're currently a game and a half in first with a negative run differential. And I'm still a little confused how that's actually still there. Like it's because of that, those first two series against it the can't be just two. I mean, like that was a fine acknowledgement for the first month. That was a fine acknowledgement for the first five and a half weeks. However, at some point, two series don't make up the bulk of your production we're just gonna keep saying it for the whole year just we're just gonna keep saying it for the whole year but what is up with this this is a team that won a lot of games in a row i don't remember what it is but it was a lot of games in a row and yet 
they can't they they can't get above zero. They can't get above more runs allowed than runs scored. I mean, it's and they're both very middle middle of the pack numbers. So if Oakland could magically win a 10-0 game tomorrow, that would be pretty great. All right. Uh my last one, and then you have your last one. My last one is can we get some division leaders who can actually beat teams over 500? Because right now, I'm going to go through every team that leads their division and what their record is against teams over 500. Tampa Bay, 18 and 14. Okay, They're, they have a, a, a winning record. White Sox, 10 and 11. Oakland. 13 and 17. The Mets, 2 and 10. They're 2 and 10 against teams over 500. St. Louis. To be fair, they're barely above 500 themselves. St. Louis, 7 and 12. San Diego, 18 and 14. Two out of the six division leaders is over 500 against teams that are 500 or better. Not good. Like, can we get some good representation? at the top of the leagues, please. Although, I mean, somebody when you've got 500 te- above 500 teams that can't beat above 500 teams, someone has to win, right? So, I mean, let's just – that's going to make things more fun at the end of the year because it'll be a little more of a crapshoot if you're not seeing a team that's beating, like, real teams. Well, the playoffs are uh, – I, I already know that the playoffs this year are going to be – crazy because we haven't seen a team like completely separate themselves from the league everyone is so close still i think honestly i i think this might be a little bit of a hot take any of the three nl west teams would probably have separated themselves in the national league if they didn't have to play themselves like if you didn't have three 30 win teams here could we say the same thing about the AL East? No. Okay. I just think there's a different feel to it. Maybe it's me trying not to get my hopes up with the Red Sox. However, well, first off, the Yankees, no. Don't drag your Yankees in with good teams. Well, then well then, don't drag Toronto in either. If, no, I'm not dragging Toronto in. I'm saying All if right. they were to be here, it would be Tampa and Boston. Got Tampa, it. I'm – I'm not 100% bought in. It's just the way that they churn players through year after year. I'm not sure I can fully buy in on them. And I'm trying not to get my hopes up with Boston. But, I mean, I could legitimately see any of those three winning it. And from the looks of it, first off, if you didn't have the Dodgers, let's say the Dodgers lose one game instead of two to any other like division leader, like reasonably – they wouldn't lose three games to the Mets if they played them six times in two, in a week. I don't think they lose two games. So if you make them five and one instead of three and three against both of those teams, you're basically adding, let's hypothetically add nine wins to each of these teams. You have 40 win teams here. Like if you're playing the majority of them. So even if you're eight, Eights for a couple of them, everybody but the Dodgers. If you add eight wins, that's a uh, 
that's a clear separated player. So this division is amazing. This division is going to bully themselves out of a playoff spot. I just feel it. I'm afraid of it. I fear Chicago right now because they're going to upset my three NL West dream. Yeah. Also, update. Um, my one of mine is completely un, or a couple of mine are. My gifts are completely undoable. I now know because a number of teams aren't. Actually, no, it's just the Padres aren't playing. Mm. The Padres are not playing tomorrow. Well, so, San Francisco wins, then they are tied. They're tied, and then the tiebreaker. What's the second tiebreaker? Ooh. They're tied head to head. MLB standings. Well, you can give your last gift while I look up these tiebreakers. Oh, yeah. My last gift might be the most. Um, oh, yeah. Also, um, at, Oakland could hypothetically do it. They've got James Caprillion going up against Logan Gilbert and the Mariners. I like that. This could be a blowout. You could get a 10 run different difference here. But my last one here is can I get a huge day in Houston from Rafi Devers and get him leading in one of like the major categories? Like extra base hits are awesome. I I, I think that I think the lesser known stats are just as important. If you're getting extra base hits, that's fantastic. However, like I mean like the ones that are like on the back of a baseball card. Mm. Like he is only currently five off Adolis Garcia for first in RBIs and three off him for, or, oh, shoot, four. Oh, no, no. Or that one isn't, like, or if he could get a bingo bingo Yahtzee with five RB, six RBIs, I would be very, very happy with that day and have him second in home runs for the month. Mm. Yeah, that would uh, that it would need it would need to be a huge day. That was my unrealistic one going into this. <laughs> but so I looked up these tiebreakers. Okay, so winning, so head-to-head winning percentage is the first one. Second one is the team with the best overall a record in intra-division games. Okay. Okay. The third tiebreaker is the best, the team with the best overall record in intra league games. So within the National League. The fourth tiebreaker, if they're still tied, the team with the best, with the best record in the final 81 games of the season, ignoring interleague play. And then. The fifth tiebreaker is the team with the best record in the final 82 games of the season, provided the game added is not between the two teams. You continue one game back until the tie is broken. So you go 82 games, 83 games, 84 games, and so on until you can break the tie. And and at what point, just out of curiosity, because that's a very good um, tiebreaker system. At what point do they stop for the play-in games, like in the playoffs? Like, what do you? What exactly? You know when we have like playing games, like there was that one year where there was that scenario where like there was like three play-in games possible. Oh, well, so like if there's two teams that so that year it was because two teams were tied for the 
division lead. Yes, and then one so they team would have been tied. West. Yeah, and then one team would have been tied for the wild card. I get that. However, at what point do they stop using the tiebreaker for that? Like, is it after the interleague or where? Ooh, I, okay, I see what you mean now. Yeah, um, I don't know. That's a great. In the meantime, question. currently that would be. Oh no, that would be the that would be the Giants. So no, that's just no, how no, no. you break the, ties without playoff games. Yeah, that's that's what this says. And then to two way tie for the division or wild card is a one game playoff. But yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, so actually, it would be the Padres. If San Francisco wins, they move up to 34 and 20, tied with the Padres. They are three and three with the Padres. You then go over to the NL West. A win for San Francisco makes them 17 and 11 in the NL West. Mm. And then ALNL. It's eight and one for San Diego, three and two for San Francisco. So San Diego, San Diego has locked up the division for this month. Got it. I'm reading through these other tiebreakers. Honestly, pretty crazy. So if there's like a four-way tie, and there's a tie, so if there's a tie for both the wild card and the division title spots then like there's a whole nother system where that they go to to seed the teams and it's it's all about like how you play against the other three teams that are involved very confusing i'm just yeah i'm pretty sure that's what was invoked that year yeah uh, that's all that's all i'm hoping for under the tree hopefully i get some of it <laughs> yeah uh i'm hoping i get offense basically offense um but is that going to do it for today's show all right well thank you for listening to this episode of the mlb daily podcast make sure you check us out on twitter at mlb daily pod check out the trivia questions for today um make sure you follow lj on twitter at lj underscore vp underscore lafiora and i am at brandon underscore carom Uh, Thank you for listening, and we will see you tomorrow. Have a great Monday, everyone. See you manana.